Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cape Town, a superhero podcast about superhero things. This is a scripted episode. Uh, next week, Ryan and Hannah will be back to join me to talk about this week's subject. This one will be just me. And this week, we are talking about a couple different shows. Uh, we're talking about subversive superhero shows, a recent spate of shows that take aim and sort of parody the superhero genre. We'll be going through that today. And uh, if you want to hear more about that, then you'll be quick till next week. So depending on how you count it, the current era of superhero movies is about 20 or 21 years old, which means it's only natural that it's entered a stage of self-loathing. The movies are as popular as ever, but there's a growing streak of backlash too, right? You can see it online with the eye-rolling reactions whenever Marvel drops a new trailer or announcement for the next chapter of the cinematic universe. Uh, you can see it at Warner Brothers for sure, where the suits seem sort of at a loss for how to develop their DC verse to the point where they gave millions of dollars to Zack Snyder just to fulfill a hashtag movement. And uh, you can see it in a new spate of streaming shows that are attempting to take superheroes down a peg by subverting the whole concept. Uh, Netflix's Umbrella Academy, Amazon Prime's Invincible and the Boys, uh, Netflix's Jupiter Ascending, lots of superhero movies pitch themselves as uh, superhero movies for people who don't like superhero movies, right? But these shows seem designed to appeal to folks who actively hate superhero movies and are interested in seeing not just the genre satirized, but our current national obsession with them mocked as well. Uh, now, these shows are all based on actual comic series, and the adaptations are varying degrees of good, uh, some less good, some more good. And uh, in some cases, they also have a fondness for the genre itself. Now, superhero subversion isn't exactly new, not in movies, not in comics. Obviously, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' The Watchmen, probably the most respected comic of all time, and it's the godfather of this genre, or this niche genre. That comic has gotten two adaptations, Snyder's Flop and HBO's very good televised sequel. And we, we will talk about Watchmen at some point. I'm going to kind of skirt over that one for now since it deserves a, at least one episode all to its own. So we'll, we'll come back to that one. There is also, and I wanted to mention this one, Mystery Men, the 1999 superhero spoof starring Ben Stiller, William H. Macy, Hank Azaria, Jeffrey Rush, Greg Kinnear, Tom Waits, Murderer's Row for the cast there. It's a pretty funny movie, and uh, that probably would have landed harder if it happened just a few years later when audiences would have been familiar enough with superhero tropes to appreciate the jokes. Hasn't all aged great, but still worth a, a rental uh, for some pretty for some pretty funny cracks at the genre. But the modern superhero subversion really kicked off with Umbrella Academy, an adaptation of the comic series that began in 2007. It was written by Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, and it was illustrated by Gabriel Ba. It's a really good series. It's notable for Way's natural gift for the medium. A lot of people were very skeptical that the My Chemical Romance guy was going to write a comic. Turns out he's very good at it. And the artwork is excellent too, sort of a cross between Tim Burton Wes Anderson and uh, Mike Magnolia's Hellboy artwork. 
The story is a time-hopping tale of family trauma with a superhero polish. It follows a group of dysfunctional heroes into some uh, very impressively weird misadventures trying to keep the world safe from themselves. Uh, The show itself isn't quite as unhinged and chaotic as the comic itself, but it does nail the very tricky dynamic of earnest family drama and some left of center sort of unreality of really good world building. It's a good show. And it's maybe the least obviously subversive of the batch we're talking about here today. Next up is The Boys. Uh, Unlike the rest of these, The Boys was actually a product of one of the big two comic book companies. For about two seconds, uh, writer Garth Ennis only got six issues of The Boys out before DC canceled it apparently worried that its satire hit a little too close to home. And and they were right. The idea behind The Boys is basically, what if superheroes were secretly sociopaths? In The Boys, a very thinly veiled Justice League pastiche, who are called the Seven in this, are beloved by the public and trusted by the world's governments, but are also murdering psychos when nobody else is around. That secret is known only to a select few who've had their loved ones killed, either deliberately or by accident by the Seven, and now they're working to expose the world's greatest superheroes as criminals and frauds without getting killed by them. Now, in my opinion, the comic series that this is based off of was a failure. It was way more interested in showing how gleefully cruel and abusive the Seven could be than in really developing its own critiques into something interesting. Now, the show is exec produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, and I think it really improves on the formula in every way. I do not like the comic series, and I think the show is, is really quite strong in a lot of ways. Um, It turns the premise into really a a satire of celebrity culture, the American military, religious grifters, and yes, sort of our obsession with superheroes too. The boys understands how easily superhero movies can use their heroes as stand-ins for the military and uh, have this distinctly American view of the world. I think it works better as a critique of jingoism and military fetishization than it does a deconstruction of superhero tropes, but it works very well as the former because it understands American culture to a a pretty uncomfortable degree. You, You do not have to be a huge fan of superhero comics to get the sense that the boys is targeting your worldview and, and doing so pretty well too. The most recent entry here is Jupiter's Legacy, and it is the weakest of the bunch. It got canceled after just one season on Netflix, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it here. Uh, I will recommend the comic itself, written by Mark Millar. And my mileage really varies a ton on Millar, and sometimes he can get pretty obsessed with his own edginess. But this series mostly avoids that, uh, and it also features some very, very good artwork from Frank Quitely, who's always worth, uh, if he's on a book, then you'll at least know you get some good artwork out of it. So can't recommend the show, not very strong, but the comic is pretty good. Then there's Invincible. This is my favorite of the bunch based on a comic series by Robert Kirkman and mostly drawn by Ryan Otley. Uh, Kirkman, you you definitely know his other work. He co-created the Walking Dead comic. He's very good at this medium. And in my opinion, Invincible is his best work. 
Invincible follows Mark Grayson, a half-human, half-alien teenager whose extraterrestrial heritage on his father's side gives him strength and flying powers, and he follows his dad into superheroism, taking on the codename Invincible. And then he spends most of the series, uh, I'd say, uh, proving to be only technically invincible since he doesn't die, but he does get beat within an inch of his life in pretty much every issue. The Invincible really does, and, and I want to note this here, and contains some of the most graphic violence in any superhero comic. Some of it is shocking and very disturbing. The show does not tone it down at all for the adaptation on Amazon Prime. It's animated, and it, it really goes to great lengths to capture every bone-crunching smash and and a civilian demise. And it is it is emphatically not for the kids or the queasy, or, or really anybody who uh, who might be triggered by violence, because the violence is quite extreme. Now, what keeps all of this from descending into sort of a cynical blood sport is our hero himself, is Mark. He's voiced by Steven Yeun. Uh, Mark really wants to be a superhero because he's fundamentally a good person, and the violence that he witnesses or inflicts or endures has a really profound impact on him. Uh, we as viewers take that violence seriously because he takes it seriously. And while the show racks up a very high body count, it never really loses its moral point of view in all of this, and neither does our hero. Invincible, really one of the few superheroes in all of this, who remains truly heroic throughout. So kind of hard for me to recommend because of the violence, but uh, very impressed by the quality of the writing in the, both the comic and the show itself. And I think that's because Kirkman is actually, uh, while Invincible is obviously interested in poking some holes in superhero mythology, he's also very clearly a fan. He's written X-Men, Fantastic Four, Captain America, among many others from Marvel. He, his son's name is uh, Peter Parker Kirkman. So the satire here is coming from a place of genuine affection. He understands why this genre is so special to people, but he also knows that doesn't make it above reproach. The result is a really great story, works on several levels uh, as long, of course, as you have the stomach for it. So superheroes can be a little bit ridiculous inherently, right? The, the people with powers who put on costumes to fight bad guys, these started out as stories for kids. And transposing these stories into stories for grown-ups has met with varying degrees of success. It's easy to understand why people who don't like these don't, right? It, it can be a little bit ridiculous, and that does make it right for parody and subversion. And that's a good check, I think, on the current glut of superhero content out there. You need this stuff to sort of poke holes when something gets this big and this powerful. The subversion is powerful too, and it helps undercut all of it. Uh, the fact that not all the subversion works probably just goes to show that the best superhero stories aren't as easy as they look. And the fact that some of it works very well, well, that just means that they're holding up a mirror to our current obsession with superheroes. And uh, what's the matter? You can't take a joke. Thank you for listening to Cape Town, everybody. My name is Tyler Huckabee. Please follow us on Twitter at Cape Town Pod or Facebook and Instagram at Cape Town Podcast. Uh, you will be able to keep you up to date 
on the other upcoming episodes there and also any news we come across during the week or funny memes or whatever. Also, if you haven't yet, please subscribe. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. We appreciate the subscriptions and of course appreciate all the good reviews that we get from you as well. We appreciate the bad reviews too, although we don't have too many of those yet, of course. Um, we will be back next week to talk a little more about all of these, but, but particularly Invincible, we'll be diving into looking forward to that conversation with the rest of the crew. And uh, as, of course, as always, feel free to reach out and tell us about anything else you're interested in us tackling. No need for thanks, citizen. We'll see you next week. <laughs>